Broadcasting live from the Campbell Student Union Center at Buffalo State, this is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Here's your host, Evan DePasquale. Welcome to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity P. I am your host, Evan DePasquale, and... We got a lot of stuff to get to, um, a lot of breaking news, the, just everything going on. Tyreek Hill now is a member of the Miami Dolphins, and we welcome in Evan Harrington, Alex Spencer, probably the first time in a while that you've been on, and uh, Jason Guth. How are you guys got, doing? Doing good. We're doing just... I'm, I don't want to say I'm in shock. I think I was shocked when I heard the rumors that he was going to get traded. I had no idea that he was going to be sort of in this position where he's going to be like, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't think that there was going to be any possibility that Tyreek Hill was going to be traded. And now, as as former Chief Tyron Matthew would say, he tweeted an hour ago, "When egos run wild, contain yours." That that's very true. I, and that's why you know that's why Steph Diggs is the best out of the best wide receiver in the game because yeah. he can control his. I mean, his, I mean he might have had an ego in Minnesota, but it's not as bad as it what it used to be. So um, I'm definitely this does not make this makes it interesting for the AFC East, but it does not make the doll. If this if people say this makes the Dolphins a Super Bowl contender. No. They're out of their mind. I, it doesn't even make them a division contender, let alone a Super Bowl contender. So, I, you listen. You can. I saw a tweet that said, uh, "Don't open up a restaurant if you don't got a good chef." It's kind of the same deal. You can you can get every good receiver in the league, an amazing tight end. They got a brand new offensive lineman, one of the best in the league. Let's see what Tua does. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a, the the biggest thing with this entire thing is the performance of Tua Tungavailoa because obviously, I mean, they they could probably draft a quarterback next year if Tua doesn't work out. They have two firsts next year, I believe. Okay. From the Amari Tunsil trade. Okay. Yeah. You know, going back to this Tyree Kill trade, the Chiefs received a 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 fourth, a 2023 fourth, and a 2023 sixth for the 28-year-old perennial all-pro wide receiver in Tyreek Hill, sending him over to the AFC, AFC East to the Miami Dolphins. I think, you know, as a football move, this is a great move for the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, you know, you can only do so much defensively to stop a guy like Josh Allen. Sure. But if you can get perennial firepower to kind of combat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense, you know, that's and that's something you want to do, they went out and got one of the best players in the game and probably the most game-changing most explosive player in the game in Tyree Kill. But again, you mentioned if you don't have the chef, don't open the restaurant. Just don't. Yeah. In my opinion, they don't have it. They don't have it at the quarterback position. Now, they could have drafted Justin Herbert with that fifth pick back oh, in 2019. God. They could have. Yeah. They could have got their guy, but they didn't. Or in 2020, uh, sorry. But but they didn't get their quarterback. But there was still promise for Tua. No, though, I, mean, I mean, this is the thing with Tua. He was an NFL-ready quarterback that is very accurate, can progress through his first read on an RPO. And that's the type of offense that Mike McDaniels is going to run. It's going to be a lot of running on first and second down and a lot of short game, quick passes that involve the RPO game. And this is the thing. I'm not going to say that the Dolphins' offense will be scary, 
But again, if you're running that quick passing game with RPOs implemented by the Shanahan type of offense, with players like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, and even Gasecki and Chase Edmonds, that can create a lot of mishaps for an opposing defense. Because not only you have to keep up with a guy like Jalen Waddle, who is one of the most electrifying young players in the game today, but now you got to keep up with a guy like Tyree Kill, who, as we know as Bills fans, can take the ball you know, to the house on any given play. Mm-hmm. And then you also got Chase Edmonds, who, again, at the running back position, can take the ball to the house at any given play. You got Gesicki, who's one of the most athletic, giftly athletic tight ends in the game. You got Devontae Parker and Preston Williams still. Those are two very, very good number three and four receivers. Now, as you know, when you're looking outside of the quarterback position, Miami's offense is constructed beautifully. If you're if you're a quarterback, this is the team you'd want to play for. I don't think there's any other team in the league, probably outside a few, that you would want to play for outside the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, but, if they get a rookie next year. Yeah, but this is the thing. Your quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa, and your backup is Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I think Teddy, or I think Tua is better than Teddy, but you know, at the end of the day, those guys are the same quarterbacks. They're not going to push the ball downfield. They're accurate enough. They're mobile enough to move around the pocket. But you can really create mishaps defensively and really get them out of their game. Again, like good move by Miami. Like, like you know, really making things interesting. They're not going to be the ultra competitive contenders in this division, like some Dolphins fans might think they are. But you know, this is a move that will get them over a smaller hump. But they still need to get that quarterback to get it, them over that bigger hump. It'll get them over the hump of being a bottom two team in the division. I think that I don't this much. There could be a chance that they possibly beat the Bills once. Maybe. Um, honestly, after the Von Miller signing, I thought the Bills were going to sweep the division again. They might. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh Allen has owned the Dolphins, and he has owned the Jets. Well, sort of owned the Jets. I mean, ever since the that second year. I don't think they've lost to the Jets. Well, in his rookie year, they lost to the Jets. Oh, okay. But um, still. But still, yeah. And now that this is... The best part is to see how New England is reacting to this. Now they're probably <laughs> they're probably going to go out and get a wide receiver at their first pick. If they don't, they would they'd have to be really stupid. Like they should I, get a quarterback with their first pick. <laughs> I I mean I'm not going to say I still believe in Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is probably the best you're going to get. I don't think that there's really any good quarterbacks in this draft, and where are they picking, like, 20th or something like Who, that? New England? Yeah, New England. New England's picking 22. Yeah. And you're going back to the to the quarterback class. My favorite quarterback in this draft class is probably Malik Willis. I've loved Malik You know, Willis. Malik Willis isn't the tallest quarterback. He is staying around six foot, six foot one, but he has almost every physical trait you want in, in, a, in a big quarterback, and I, and I don't like this comparison, but I haven't seen it a lot. I, I It's kind of an interesting one that I'm going to come up with. He's kind of more of a... St- He's a little bigger version of Kyler Murray. Do you kind of get where I'm going with that, though? Yeah, where Kyler I just, Murray. I think I just can think run. Willis, Willis's arm talent is yeah. just worlds better than Murray's. Wait, no, that's what I'm saying. He's like a bigger Kyler Murray. Yeah, where they both have great arm talent, both can move with their legs, but it's just Kyler's a lot smaller than Willis. Willis is six foot, which you know isn't the complete ideal height for a quarterback in today's NFL. Yeah, but it's it's closer to the range you'd want to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Malik Willis would be the best quarterback in this draft class. I also think he could go to Detroit at number two. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting for sure because, uh, you know, Dan Campbell definitely has an eye on Jared Goff as being a potential 
bridge franchise quarterback for them, mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the next two to three years. And, you know, they're obviously paying him $33 million a year, so they have to take that into consideration to keep him on the books. You don't want to just have a guy like that sitting on your bench as a backup, and you don't want to rush drafting a quarterback. As you've seen now, NFL GMs aren't just looking at, you know, quarterbacks now nowadays as, you know, just, hey, we need one. Like, we're going to go just spend a draft pick on a quarterback to get one. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if a quarterback, you know, goes outside the top five. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a quarterback taken within the top five. And, you know, going back to the AFC, we have to look at the Kansas City Chiefs now as a whole. You know, Patrick Mahomes is this quarterback that has dominated ever since he stepped foot in the league. You know, obviously he was drafted 2017, sat for a year behind Alex Smith, played one game at the end of the year, 250 yards and an interception, I'm pretty sure. Decent stat line, but showed promise. 2018 comes out and lights up the world. 50-plus touchdowns, MVP-type season, AFC Championship appearance. Chiefs look like the new front-runner after, you know, Brady's gone out of New England. You know, they win a Super Bowl as well. And you have players like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and, you know, they have that offensive line intact. They got some playmakers on defense. They have almost everything you want. Tyree Kill obviously was frustrated. He wanted the money, and he wanted out. Now, this is my thing on the Tyree Kill situation really quick before we, you know, turn turn a turn a page here. I don't get what was going on with Tyree Kill because obviously if you're Tyree Kill, you probably should be walking onto the football field knowing you're probably the best, you know, receiver in football. I mean, I think Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup should all have that same mentality. But when you're in the office and you're and you're, you know, talking to the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. You just can't have that egotistical mindset of saying, I'm the best receiver in football. I need to be like be paid like the best receiver in football. Tyreek, you definitely deserve your money, man. Like you definitely deserve twenty five plus million. You've earned it. You are one of the perennial players in this league. You deserve your money. But just to kind of force your way out of Kansas City for just a few million more dollars and, you know, just to ruin everything you had because your ego got to you. And then just to kind of, like, mess around with Kansas City like that. Like, I, I don't like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, good for Tyree Kill getting his money, man. But he also went to Florida, which has no no income tax. <laughs> so true. so I really think Tyreek was all in it for the money. Because there's no way. There, there's no way you can justify leaving Patrick Mahomes <laughs> for Tua Tungavailoa yeah. in, in Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you just can't justify that. No. I and mean, I, would you have the feeling... Uh, like the same feelings if this was the Jets instead of Miami. I'd be a little more worried if it was the Jets. No. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be a good quarterback, but I also think that if you were to bring Tyree Kill into that New York offense, that if anything had a opportunity to help jumpstart Zach Wilson, it may be Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. I mean, even look at it with Josh Allen. Yeah, like, I mean, they from a Jets perspective, perspective you would be hoping that Tyreek Hill would do for Zach Wilson what Diggs did for Allen essentially Mm -hmm. and that's really the big thing I even I looked at uh, um, Mel Kuyper's mock draft that he released yesterday he he doesn't have a quarterback till 18th and he has Kenny Pickett from Pitt going to New Orleans at 18 I don't see Malik Willis falling past 15 I mean I like like I said, yeah, he has Malik Willis actually going to Pittsburgh, which in my opinion, I think that Pittsburgh should draft a quarterback or yep. they should they should be 
aggressive in getting a quarterback. Well, I don't know about aggressive, but I think that they should try for Mayfield. I wouldn't, you know. I mean, well, they already have they already have what you would always call the Steelers. You would always miss Trubisky. What would you always call him in the fall? Like you would always call him like. Oh no, I called I called Case Keenum uh, Baker Mayfield Jr. Oh, and now he's the Bills' backup, which is funny. <laughs> um, I'm talking about Mitch Trubisky. What would what yeah, do you I always don't, call him? Like the MVP? Like... I mean, he's <laughs> he was probably the best quarterback in football last year. But no, um, yeah, I mean, they could. I I think they should draft a guy. Um, they could also try to invest in Mayfield. I don't know what they're going to do though. They're kind of a mess over in Pittsburgh. You so mean in Cl- Cleveland, I mean, they they you're talking no Pittsburgh. All right. <laughs> Listen to this. This this um this guy tweets, "What positions outside a quarterback are the Bills clearly better than the Dolphins at?" Like, come on, man. Most of them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I can name a few to start. Uh defensive line. Like, I would, the entire defensive okay, line. Wait, let me let me ask you this. Tight end? I would mean, you, I, no, I mean Would you rather like Would you rather have Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis or Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill? Oh. For just this upcoming season. For this season alone? I mean, Jalen Waddle, he broke the reception record for rookies, right? He mm-hmm. beat Anquan Bolden. Jalen Waddle's an explosive player. He's a dynamic player. He really understands the game of football at an early age. Tyree Kill, in my opinion, is the most game-breaking receiver in the game right now. There's no one that can guard him on certain routes. He's just unbelievable. Um but, you know, as a whole, Stefan Diggs is, you know, one of the top three route runners in football. But there's a separation. Like, Waddle, Waddle has a step on Davis. You think so? Yes. He has a step or two on Davis. Waddle was a first-round pick. He was um, a top-six pick. He came in. He had 100-plus receptions and about 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And I get Davis didn't get to see the field as much. But Jalen Waddle overall is just a more dynamic receiver, can do more with the ball in his hands, um, is a downfield threat as well, and can play the slot really dynamically and can win outside. Uh, And you can struck an offense around uh, Jalen Waddle as well. I, you know, I'm going to give the slight edge just to Davis and Diggs right now, but on paper, you you wouldn't, you can't, you can't go crazy with taking Waddle and and Hill. The speed is just too crazy. Yeah, I know, but I also think like if you put Davis in the same position that Waddle was in last year, the numbers would be probably the exact same. They're two different receivers. No, I know, but it, like if you're giving Davis the amount of produ- or targets and touches that you gave to Waddle, the numbers would be pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, also like Davis is more of a guy who's going to run, you know, intermediate routes and you know win with his body and his size, not with route running and creativity. While Jalen Waddle's a guy where you can scheme him open because he's so fast, he can move him around the line of scrimmage, and he can get open with his with his speed and twitchiness. Gabe Davis just isn't going to do that consistently. I mean, he might be able to. I mean, consistently, like you just you just can't put Dave, Gabe Davis in the role uh, Jalen Waddles, and they're just like two different receivers. Mm-hmm. They're like one's one's a lot smaller, one's a lot bigger, one's a lot faster, one's a lot slower. One wins more at the point of contact, at the point of the catch point. One wins. You know, not at the point of the catch point because it creates more separation. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, they're two different receivers. Both great, though. But you can't go wrong going either pair. But, like, you know, going back to that point, like, what do the Dolphins have better than the Bills? Definitely not offensive line. No. Definitely not offensive line. If you want to give them an edge at the tight end position, but it's a slight edge, and even if, you can just kind of call that a wash, yeah. I would give the Bills it only because mm-hmm. we just signed O.J. Howard. 
you know? Plus, we have Dawson Knox. Yeah. I mean, I think Dawson Knox and Mike Kosicki are, like, right there with each other. They're both phenomenally talented. They're both really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think if Kosicki's put in Dawson Knox spot, does the same thing. Vice versa. Sure. Um, plus, the Bills got O.J. Howard, so that's the wash on that. Quarterback is a clear mismatch. I mean, gosh, you can even say Case Keenum might be better than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> he could be. I mean. Matt Barkley might be better than Teddy. I'm kidding. No, Matt Barkley I, might be better than Josh Allen. Yeah, I, <laughs> quarterback I, I, competition. Yeah, when he's playing, yeah, when he's playing the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to it, linebacker. I mean, they got Jerome Baker, who I like, but I think you have to give that to the Bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Safeties, obviously, the Bills. Quarterback, cornerbacks, right um, Dolphins. Cornerback yeah. is yeah, definitely Dolphins. It's it's close. In my no, opinion. it's not close. Oh, between Trey and Xavier Howard. Trey's coming off an ACL. Yeah, Trey coming off an ACL is. A oh, we're ta- we're talking about for this season. That's what you're kind of getting at. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. And for this season, yeah, I'd had to give the edge to the Dolphins. But if we're talking like in general, just all time, I would have to give the edge to Tre'Davious White, just because he's had a better overall career so far than Xavier Howard. I mean, he had that one season where he had what ten picks, nine picks, and I think he did he win Defensive Player of the Year that year. Howard. Yeah. No, Howard never won Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, I, I, the only I, the, the last corner to win Depoy was Gilmore in eighteen. Okay, because because I, I remember that year that he had like led the league in interceptions. He yeah. was, I think, he was a finalist at least for D- Defensive Player of the Year. My, like I said, my favorite part about this, I just saw this tweet by someone, and they put out a gif of, you know, in the last like sort of, I think it was the last episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when. When Will is just standing in the empty living room and kind of mm-hmm. looks back, and the caption is Matthew Drudon trying to recruit players to the Patriots. <laughs> this is this is all. This is so great just to see the Patriots just starting to crumble. You know they had th- this all started. You could say with the departure of Tom Brady, and then it got a little bit better this past year. But now it's they might even finish last in the AFC East this year. I would not be I would not be surprised if the Patriots were the worst team in the AFC East. You know, honestly, that there is some validity to that because I think the Jets are going to be playing probably easier teams this year mm-hmm. than New England. I don't, I'll look at their exact I mean, and, yeah, that's but. that's a good point. You know, they finished second in the division, so they're going to be playing second-place division teams, and the crossover is the NFC North. Well, there's really... I mean, besides Green Bay, I don't really feel threatened by the NFC North this year, honestly. Um, You're going to be going... You'll have home Green Bay. They get to play the Jags, Bears, and Lions at home. The Jets do. (laughs) They also play the Steelers, Vikings, Broncos, Seahawks. And then... See, I mean, they don't have some crazy opponents next year. Well, now this makes it a lot interesting. This makes it very interesting if if you're a Bills fan, you know, watching home games next year, you know, at Highmark Stadium. You got Aaron Rodgers coming to town. You got Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook coming to town. You got, I mean, this isn't really like blockbuster, but you got the return of Mitch Trubisky coming to town. You have Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb coming to town, Miles Garrett. Maybe Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, just say like he doesn't get suspended or whatever. Yeah, this he's on. He's playing. You got Derrick Henry and AJ Brown and Robert Woods coming back to town. You know, with the Jets, you got an improved team coming to town. New England, you know, New England's still going to be New England, whether people like it or not. Bill Belichick always finds a way. He always finds guys that can be plug and play players. 
whether that's on the defensive or offensive side of the ball, New England will be back. And then you got the acquisition of Tyreek Hill going to Miami. Miami obviously always comes to town. So that would be definitely interesting. I I cannot tell you and fathom you right now that Brandon Bean is on the edge of his seat on what to do in the secondary because obviously we have glaring holes at the cornerback position. People don't like to admit it. Like we have no CB2 right now. No CB2. That's where... No CB2. And now you have to look at not just the draft, but free agency. You can't go into the draft and rely on a guy to be your CB2. You can't just rely on the fact, Trey White coming off an ACL, to be your star-studded, solidified, elite, all-pro CB1. You can, but I just don't think you'd want to do that if you're Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and Leslie Frazier of the Buffalo Bills. You should go out and get a guy, maybe like Patrick Peterson, A.J. Boye, you know, Xavier Rhodes, one of these veteran corners who have been proven that they can play the CB1 spot, even if it's just a couple weeks. Yeah. You need to get somebody because you can't go up against guys like, you know, I mean, I don't know what the weeks of the schedules are, but let's just say, say for a fact, our first five games somehow line up like this. You play Minnesota, the Dolphins, and Bengals. Like, let's say those three teams are in your first five games. You're going up against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, the Dolphins. You're going up against Jalen Waddell. Tyree Kill, Devontae Parker, who's always given us problems, Preston Williams, and then Minnesota, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne. Like, you need CB depth. You need cornerback depth. Mm-hmm. You can't go into that with, uh, you know, a recovered Trey White and Dane Jackson and maybe a rookie, your, t- your 25th overall rookie, or if you draft a rookie in the second round. You, you just can't. You need to go get at least... A perennial free agent corner. Yeah. I, I think you really need to at this point. And if you're overpaying two or three million, who cares? Who cares? The salary cap cares. Well, the, I mean, I don't know where we are at money wise, but I also. I'll tell my, you in a second. Yeah, but I'm also not 100% sure. I agree with you that we need corner depth. We do. Because I do not want Cam Lewis lining up against, like, Jamar Chase next year. <laughs> but Not Sir O'Neill either. No, not Sir O'Neill either. No, I would honestly, um, if I'm the Bills, I would. Okay, so we know this wide receiver class is deep. I suggest be aggressive, and I would honestly trade up into the top twenty and try and look for a cornerback two in the first round, and then use if you still have your second round pick. I would honestly use that to draft your wide receiver. I mean, now that they got I mean, Jamison Crowder is good, but the fact he just can't stay healthy, I think is kind of a problem or at least that he he has had health issues is a concern, which is why I believe that the Bills should address wide receiver in either the first round or the second round. I'm really kind of there's a bunch of needs the Bills need, like there is Obviously, quarterback two, quarterback depth. You need wide receiver depth because the AFC is loaded. You're going to need 
what uh, I heard on the radio as the hands race, not the arms race. And then you're also probably going to need interior offensive line depth, which you could probably get in the later rounds of the draft, maybe the third, the fourth round, stuff like that. Um, Ryan Bates, I believe. I don't, I don't know if he'll come back. I hope he would. He probably will. But, um, you know, I, I think that if he comes back, that kind of solidifies the right guard spot. And you, you got you got your kind of offensive line set, but maybe getting someone in the later rounds um, to get for interior offensive linemen. But definitely wide receiver and cornerback, too, are your biggest concerns. And I would suggest trading up. I don't know where, but I would say in the in the teens to get to get your lockdown corner because a lot of people are going to be going after defensive linemen and also wide receivers so there is a chance that there could be cornerbacks that are available at maybe even 25 or even I don't know wherever it is in the draft here listen to this this was just reported by Mark Mike Garofolo the Jets had a deal with the Chiefs that didn't include the fourth and tenth overall pick sources say if Tyreek Hill had chosen them, they would have had him and still had two top ten picks to use. Oof. Like, first of all, how in the heck do you just get away with not offering a first-round pick for Tyreek Hill? I heard they offered the 35th overall pick, which is essentially almost a first-round pick. It's a high-end second. I mean, you would, you would have to assume that next year's first would have been included. Yeah. No, no there's no first-round picks on the table. What? The Jets offered no first-round picks. What? Because, I mean, if it does make sense it, only in this way because the Dolphins did give up the 29th overall pick. That's true. So and the Jets were giving up the 35th. So, you know, they're not too far off from one another, but but still. And, you know, uh, I just want to kind of talk about Jamison Crowder really quick. I love that signing. I love the Jamison Crowder signing. Oh, I do, too. It's It, it fills the, the hole that was left by the Cole Beasley release. I'm just saying that there have been, we've seen in the past, especially with the Jets, that he has had difficulty staying healthy. That's what I'm trying to get at. So having a wide receiver, and also he's not part of the long-term deal. Well, yeah, or like I know. the long-term future. And neither, I don't think O.J. Howard really is part of the long-term future. Well, he's your either. tight end, too. No, no, tight end on your, no tight end, too, is your long-term future. That's true. But, you know, going back to the Jameson Crowder thing, you know, he... His, he played three years with the Jets. He played 16 games in 2019. He played 12 games in 2020 and 12 games in 2021. So, you know, the last two years he's had a little bit of, you know, injury concerns. Nothing, you know, to the point where I would be super scared if... Yeah. I know. will say the Mike Girlfellow just said that the Jets deal to the Chiefs included pick 35 and 38. Yeah, so it was a couple second rounders. But, you know, going back to the Jamison Crowder thing... This is the type of receiver I wanted the Bills to get. Uh, I'm sure people listening probably have heard that I was huge on Christian Kirk for you know a receiver to to go downfield and stretch the defense with ability yards up, with yards at the catch ability. That's what I wanted in a wide receiver out of the slot, and that's what you're going to get with Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder Jamison Crowder has a real understanding of how to play the slot against man and zone coverage. He has the ability to get shifty with it. He has the ability to you know, get up field with the ball. He has the ability to go downfield, you know, with his with his, you know, good technical route running and just his pure blazing speed. You know, he doesn't have that same speed he did in his Washington days, but it's still there. And, you know, 
when I'm looking at Jamison Crowder, it's almost like you're meeting in the middle of what Isaiah McKenzie can bring to the table with you and what Cole Beasley can bring to the table. It's like right in that. It's like right in the middle. It's like Jamison Crowder doesn't have the speed Isaiah McKenzie does, but he has enough speed. He's not the route runner that Cole Beasley is, but you know he's good enough as a route runner. And his mindset isn't Cole Beasley's, but it's it's there. Yeah. Like you can see it on film. You can see him breaking down against man and zone coverage. So you know I really love this signing. Obviously, like you mentioned, Depot. It's not a long term. It's not a long term solution, but. To kind of get through this season, I like it, and I still think the Bills are going to draft a receiver in yeah. round one. Crowder, I, I, Crowder I, on a one-year deal screams that they're drafting a wide receiver early. But I also love this deal. I feel like Jamison Crowder's been misutilized his entire career. I agree. Like, completely misutilized. I think he's a very talented receiver. And, you know, for people wondering, can Jamison Crowder win underneath? Go back to 2019, week one, Bills versus Jets. Watch that 14-reception game that Jamison Crowder had against the Buffalo Bills. Jamison Crowder was the most dynamic pass catcher on the Jets that game, and more likely than not that entire season. And he, you know, played phenomenal against the Bills, and he torched, you know, one of the number one defenses in the league. So Jamison Crowder can really do it all, man. And I think, you know, getting put in Ken Dorsey's new offense, he can really benefit from it. And he went to Duke, and I have them winning the final you know, March Madness. So that's that's always a plus. So also interesting that we're talking about Crowder. One minute ago, Field Yates just released his actual like contract details. His base salary is one point one two million dollars. Crowder's? Yes. That's a steal. That's yeah. a steal. That is a steal. He has two million dollars of incentives. That that like that's a steal. Yeah. Um I, I really love that contract. And you know, goodbye Brandon Bean. But again, Brandon Bean, you're gonna have to get on your high horse now. Just when you thought your off season was you know dwindling down towards the draft it's just ramping back up now to the fact because you need to extend digs and i'm sure stefan digs within the coming hours is going hey brandon i know we've been talking about contract extensions here and there you think time now's the time like maybe stefan digs was set to make 22 or 23 million Maybe now he's set to make twenty five or twenty six, so it, it's it, it's definitely interesting to have that you know topic and discussion be brought up. But again, also Brandon Bean's gonna have to get on his high horse and find a potential offensive guard, find a potential cornerback too. So, you know, Brandon, like you've done great things over the last couple weeks, but it's gonna have to be a lot better from here on out. Because we're gonna, you know, need everything going forward from a, for us. Because you know the market's going crazy right now, and you just need to stay on top of it. And Brandon Bean has done that for the most part, and I think he can keep doing that. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number to call if you want to give us your opinion on the Tyreek Hill trade. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We'll get into some college basketball now. We got the Sweet Sixteen all set up. Uh, definitely looking forward to all that stuff. You're listening to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Makes it the semifinals on his shoulders. Made it. Hey, Clark, the senior. Two on the timer, all the way to the rim. Blocked! Save Bonaventure! Wow, I mean, we're... I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the NIT. That was the 
and we're obviously a Buffalo State station, but it's still pretty cool to bring up just old stuff about, you know, other schools, especially Buffalo schools. That was the uh, St. Bonaventure, Virginia game in the NIT quarterfinals that sent Bona to is now going to New York for the NIT Final Four. I know we don't really talk about college basketball, and obviously we're not affiliated with St. Bonaventure, but it's just like really cool, especially if you like saw the play. He little he I don't I can't remember the guy's name. He's kind of got a little like a, of a difficult name to pronounce. Um, they he like he if you watch the replay, he came up and he swatted that ball. The kingdom come. Oh my goodness, it was incredible to watch. All right, eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number to give us a call if you want to talk about anything that's on your mind, especially with the Tyreek Hill news. What does that mean for the Bills? And what does that really mean for the AFC West in the Kansas City Chiefs? I think, in my opinion, I don't think it really means that they're going to, I don't think they're going to be like, I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it, but I still think the Chiefs are going to be one of the favorites to win the West, but I think their Super Bowl odds probably went down by a lot. I mean, you get rid of, you lost your, one of your best players, I think that they will be able to reload with their with now Miami's first round pick. They're going to get probably the best receiver in the draft this year. They might even use both of their picks to try and trade up higher and get their get get. I don't want to say the next Tyreek Hill, but get their wide receiver one because Juju Smith Schuster is not going to be your wide receiver one. He's just not built to be a wide receiver one. Um, and also I think he just did not want to have to do deal with Juju Smith-Schuster and Jackson Mahomes making TikToks together. Hey, don't disrespect that duo. That's an electrifying duo on and off the field. Yeah. Jackson on, Mahomes on and Sean Juju. Taylor's memorial too. That's going to be electric next year. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I was really, I'm still looking forward to seeing that duo, you know, take place. Yeah. Tyree kills in the TikTok game as well. Yeah, he's a little bit of an underdog. At Cheetah. Um, Dude, that would have been the greatest trio in the world. Yeah. And you got Patrick Mahomes in the background like, what the heck, man? I mean. <laughs> Dude, they should sign. Um, the Dolphins got to sign Adrian Peterson. They got to get all the kid abusers on one team. <laughs> That's going to be an unstoppable Aye. duo. Aye, this just took a dark turn here. <laughs> but, um, and. Even with the crossovers with I with with the crossover divisions, the AFC West is going to be facing the NFC, NFC West. And now I'm trying to include Jason in on this because you're a Rams fan. Yes, sir. I mean, and you know, we kind of just went this whole first half hour talking about you know the the Chiefs signing and just like I mean, I don't know. This definitely makes it really a a big. A big game changer, especially on who I think. Realistically, I think the a- a- AFC West. I wouldn't say it's wide open, but there's not a clear favorite like there was yesterday when Tyreek Hill was still on the team. Um, but now that there's this crossover, there's really only one team in the entire in the Western, both AFC NFC, that does not have a quarterback, and that is Seattle. You know, now you got Jared Goff and you have, 
Aaron Donald, like you're still there's so many favorites for the the AFC. I mean, does Brady coming back, you know, you should have heard me, Alex, talking like going on my little rampage about Tom Brady coming back. It is kind of funny. I mean, I could I could show it to you after the show, but you you look like you you have something to say. You don't well, need to raise I just, your hand. I this just isn't... think I, I just think it's an interesting stat. Teams without a 2022 first round pick, you got you got a handful of teams. You got a list of about eight teams here: the Bears, the Broncos, the Browns. So we got three Bs out of the way. Triple Bs, big baller brand. <laughs> you got the Dolphins, the Colts, the Raiders, 49ers, and Rams. None of those teams have first round picks. And it's interesting because all these teams, probably besides, I would say, the Bears, are in a spot where they can contend and try to win. So it's really interesting to look at that part because we all know the Rams. They just won last year. They're still contending. The 49ers, Raiders, Colts, Dolphins, Browns, Broncos are all trying to make moves to get themselves into that spot to contend. But it's just, you know, would the moves that they made really get them to that spot? But they have no first-round pick to really, you know, have a, a bounce back and a fall move on. But teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, who have been, you know, perennial contenders for the last few years, have those picks. They have first-round picks to really fall back on. All right. Um, I, I, do, I do think that now we're looking at it. We're coming into an era where I feel like a lot of, first round picks or draft picks in general are just becoming overrated because I mean, look at the Rams. If you want to touch on that, Jason, like they've, when is their next first round pick? 2025. Something like that. Just don't, don't be afraid to chime in here. You know, I, I, I'm, we're trying to get everybody, you know, I'm looking up the draft picks right now. Hang on a second, but you got to know them draft picks. You are a Rams fan, my dude. You're our Rams insider. You're our Rams insider. You got to <laughs> know those draft picks. I'm just kidding. No, but you know, when you're looking up those draft picks, like the Rams definitely went in all in. Uh, they got their guys. They got Od- Odell for cheap. They got Von Miller. They traded a plethora of first round picks for Matt Stafford. And, you know, that might be an interesting way that teams might want to build their teams going forward if they have a roster that's there but just needs a few more pieces to really contend. But at the end of the day, Von Miller isn't always going to be available. A player like Von Miller. A player mm-hmm. like Matt Stafford isn't going to always be available. And Odell Beckham, the player of the caliber of Odell Beckham, is not going to be released onto the market, you know, every uh, every week. <laughs> like, you're just not going to find a player like Odell Beckham, you know, just picking up scrap money, basically. Like, that's what they got him for. So, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. It's just kind of all aligned well for the Rams. It did, but also I think the Rams are – like a couple, like if the Bengals score in that final drive and win the Super Bowl, how many people are clowning on the Rams for not having a draft pick until 2025 and have nothing to show for it? So I think like it depends on everything's subjective. Like it made sense for the Rams to go all in because they got Matt Stafford, who's old, and they got Aaron Donald, who's was considering retirement after the season, anyways. Well, they've already, they it, they drafted Aaron Donald. It's not like they traded for Aaron Donald. 
No, I'm talking about their roster, roster oh. construction. Yeah. They already are old. It's not like they're billi- being built to have long-term success. It's not like what uh, Brandon Bean says. You um, like His job is to win now and to win later. Yeah. I mean, you don't, just... you don't want to go all in for two years, like especially for the Bills. Right? We have Josh Allen. He's 25 right now. Why on earth would we go all in for two years and then when Allen hits 30... We're $90 million over the cap, and we have to sacrifice two seasons when Allen is still performing at an elite level because we needed to go in for these two years. So there needs to be, like, a balance. Like, the Von Miller contract, the way it's structured and the way it ends up paying out, that's perfectly reasonable. It's not going to end up in a situation where you can't afford to sign somebody like Stefan Diggs to an extension. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be hurting yourself by adding good players long term. Each time this, any, and what will, his contract, uh, Tyreek Hill's contract was four years, 100 million or 120 million? 120 million. It looks like a three year deal, kind of similar to Von Miller's, where there's three years of guaranteed money, and then the fourth is kind of a stretch year, a void year to just add more money. You're seeing a stretch of that with a lot of contracts now. Yes. Especially with Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, Von Miller. You know, what some of these high-end players, you know, they really, I don't know, the players and the GMs really like that comfortable three-year mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know what goes into that. I'd have to do more research. But they did really like that three-year mark because um, for some reason, again, I, I don't know all the simplistics with the salary cap. You know, that's, I mean, that that's just way above my pay grade. I'm not even getting paid. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's just like that three-year mark with the money and the salary cap and all the guarantees and voids it's just you know it's comfortable and they like it like that this is that now he just did he really did he reset the market now well this is the thing you say reset the market if we're talking about resetting the market we have to go back a couple years to when houston traded deandre hopkins to arizona at the time i i'm forgetting who was the highest paid receiver before hopkins but it was it was a significant jump. Hopkins got paid twenty seven million a year, and I believe it was about at least a five to seven million dollar pay grade, pay upgrade from the you know the highest paid receiver to what now DeAndre Hopkins was the highest paid receiver. And then you have a guy like Christian Kirk, a guy who's never posted one thousand yards in his career, get eighteen million a year. <laughs> yeah, Alex, you're like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, I get that too. And then you got a guy like Devontae Adams, who is undoubtedly the best receiver in sure. football. Absolutely. I don't think many people are arguing that. If you want to talk about Cooper Cup, sure. Maybe. But I'm talking about the last four to five years. This guy's undoubtedly been the best receiver in football, and it's not close. But he deserved to be the highest paid receiver in football. Like, I don't think anyone's arguing that. But then when you have a guy like Tyree Kill who in some eyes might be a top three receiver, in some eyes who might only be a top five or six receiver. Getting the highest paid money in the league, that's going to reset the market. Because now you got a guy like Stefan Diggs, and this is why I'm going back to Stefan Diggs. You have a guy like Stefan Diggs who, over the last two seasons, has been top five in receptions, top five in yards, you know, top top two or top three in yards versus man coverage and single coverage and, you know, really beating zone coverage and all these, you know, simplistic stats. He's not even... If you're Stefan Diggs, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to walk in in Brandon Bean's office and kick down his door, but... He's not even I'd top be... 10 in highest-paid receiver, Diggs is. No, he's not. 
But, I mean, so if you're Diggs, you... Robbie Anderson makes more money than him. What? Mm-hmm. It's just... But... But if, yeah, if you're, if you're Stephon Diggs, I mean, you can't blame him if he wants 25 a year. No. You can't blame him. I mean, he wants his money. He's played on the Buffalo Bills not making compared to what the other top receivers in the league are. So I, I think if Stephon Diggs, like, I'm going, hey, big baller bean, triple B, Brandon. Hmm. Want to do that contract extension? Give me to 25. And I think you do it before, you before know. it gets worse. Before Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, before Justin Jefferson. And... Breaks the market. Mm-hmm. Like, what is Justin Jefferson going to oh, think 33, 34, say, 35? I, I even Man. think that what's-his-name is going to break the market. Um, Oh, God, why am I drawing a blank on him? Um, shoot. Um, from the bank. Uh, Jamar Chase. There we go. Jamar Chase. Yeah, but he Jamar is, Chase has. He's a gonna. Bit, he's probably gonna. He's probably gonna break it even more. If well, if the Bengals want to pay, he'll him. really get paid whatever Justin Jefferson gets paid. If he's if yeah. Chase is still on the trajectory he's playing at now, he'll get paid what Jefferson's paying, getting paid. Yeah. Oh wait. So. Now here's a good one. You're a Rams guy. Yep. Cooper Cup. Speak on it. Well, I think um, he clearly proved last year that he is one of the best receivers in football if paired with the right quarterback. Um, Him and Stafford had an unbelievable rapport right from the start. Um, You know, offensive player of the year, I I definitely think he deserves um, to have arguably the most money of a receiver in the league. Well, yeah, you're, you're pointing at it. The guy won Offensive Player of the Year. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He got he <clears throat> the triple crown. To, yeah, he was yeah, a triple yeah. crown winner. He did almost everything that a receiver can do in a season, right? right? Now you have, you know, Cooper Cup's 28 now, right? He's at that age of Tyreek Hill. Now, I don't think Cooper Cup's the, the player to really have that egotistical mindset. It's just not, like, no. we just haven't seen them, that out of him. But now, again, you're 28 years old. This, these are your prime years of playing in the NFL at the wide receiver position. He's actually 29. But... 29, but still, like, if you want your money, you know, this is your time. And especially coming off the year that he had. I mean, Cooper Cup could really demand anything he wanted to. I think compared to some of these other guys, Cooper, um, he's a great, uh, he's just a precise route runner. He's always at the spot right, right as the ball is coming to him. He can block. Um, he's just a consummate pro. And... Some of these other guys, like a Tyree Kill, yeah, he's a he's a speedster, but he's not going to block for you. You know, he's he's kind of um, he stretches the field, and that's about it. I mean, I know it's an important thing to be able to do, but he, that's what he provides. Yeah, they also yeah they also are different receivers though, and you know a lot of Cooper Cup success has to be, you know, you know pointed forward to to Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. I think you have to give Sean McVay credit for looking at Cooper Cup and being able to spot him out as a player that can be put in the tight end spot and doesn't ha- just have to be lined up at the slot. And again, when you're in the slot, you're getting a lot of free releases. And, you know, Tyreek, your Cooper Cup's taking advantage of that, obviously. Cooper right. Cup's phenomenal. And, you know, his precise route running is really allowing him to find the open spots against zone coverage. And, you know, Sean McVay is noticing that, so they will move Cooper Cup around the field, get him in to those free release spots. And again, when they put him on the line, you know, at the tight end spot, he's big enough and he's strong enough to throw in a chip block, actually block. Like, I've seen him block defensive ends. Absolutely. You'll like a tight end, and it, it's ridiculous. You're like, that's a receiver? Yeah, no, that's the guy who won the Triple Crown. That's the guy who won Offensive Player of the Year. And that is the guy who was the Super Bowl MVP 
in the 2022 NFL Super Bowl. Like, like that's ridiculous to me. And again, Cooper Cup definitely deserves his money. Now, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know if he'll, he'll demand 30 million, but if you're the Rams, like, I think at least 25. Like, that's well, your they, bare minimum. If they're willing to pay Allen Robinson about 15, 16, then I, I especially think... off the year Allen Robinson came off of. Yeah. As of 400 yards and three touchdowns. Right. Again, again, Robinson, I think, you know, a lot of that was due to the scheme, Justin Fields not being a very good quarterback year one. But also just the fact that they were rotating quarterbacks in and out of the lineup. And also I mean, you yeah, had Nick Matt, Foles, Andy Dalton. And Matt Nagy as your head coach, I think. Is Don't a, disrespect the Nagster. <laughs> I mean. And I did look it up, by the way. The Rams aren't going to have a first-round pick till 2024. So their last first round pick was Jared Goff. I think so you're going to go seven years with that one. I mean, you're oh. graduating before they have a first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, what year was Goff graduate? Sixteen. Sixteen. I was. They have. They, I've been in college. Like I, I started college in 2017, and they have not had a first round pick. Evan, you've been in co- college the same amount of time that Sean McDermott has been the Buffalo Bills head coach. Yeah. Don't don't remind me. I know That's how old you are. I know I'm old. I get it. Don't Alex, to... what are you reading there? Hmm? What are you reading there? People What's... slandering Tua on Twitter. What are they saying? <laughs> what are they saying? Give us a rundown. Hang on. Let me pull up the exact tweet because it was pretty funny. I, I, I don't want to go back on the Tua slandering train. You guys are having a good conversation. I'm just kind of laughing at myself here. But let me, there, there was one thing I wanted to say before. No, Tua slanders it. always warranted here. Um, so Chad Ochocinco said that the uh, Dolphins are going to sweep the AFC East this year. And um, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, and I think he was joking. But then somebody said, uh, a Dolphins fan responded saying that they have too much speed to be stopped. And then somebody just responded, 6-11. and 11. And then the guy <laughs> said salt, sent the salt emoji. And then the guy responded, you traded for Tyree Kill when you have two at quarterback. That's like putting a Lamborghini engine inside your Ford. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme? It's where it's like it's like a really broken down house, and then there's just a Lamborghini yeah. in the driveway. That's like Tyree Kill next to, to, to uh, Tua. <laughs> I mean, I showed you like I showed you the video before the oh, show. Wait, no, I just want to say one more thing. One more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Have you ever seen those memes? It's like it's like it's like the really big guy holding up his trophy and his prize. Let's give you Tua holding up Tyree Kill. <laughs> Look what I got. All right, I've got no, one last thing my, I've, I've got to say. All um, right, go ahead. Then i got to hit the road. But I think this upcoming season, and I'm a bit of a homer with the Rams, but I really think we're going to see an L.A. versus L.A. Super Bowl. I love what the Chargers have done this offseason. Justin Herbert, to me, is a top-five quarterback in the league, and they've shored up their defense considerably. And Brandon Staley, the former Rams defensive coordinator, is a defensive genius, and he's got J.C. Jackson now, Joey Bosa, um, Khalil Mack, yeah. Um, I, I I seriously think you could th- their defense is going to be tremendous, um, and we know what Herbert can do. You pair that together, I th- I I think they're going to win the AFC West. And uh, the Rams, to me, their only competition in the NFC is the Bucks with Brady coming back. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I, for a second I was going to say not even Green Bay, but then I was like, well, Green Bay doesn't have Adams anymore. Exactly. But, so. <laughs> I mean, they might even use that. They might even use that pick to try and. Fine. Like that's the thing that's great about trading these wide receiver trades is that it is loaded at the wide receiver position this draft. So um, yep. I, I, I'm definitely intrigued on what's going to happen. 
right. Um, Alrighty. I'm hitting the road. All right. It, All right. Thank you for coming on, Jason. We'll You're take welcome. a quick break, and on the other side, we will have um, one of who, who is it? Who is Buffalo State captain Troy Button, as he is set to play for the Birmingham Bills. Um, you know, just out of his collegiate season, he's going to be playing there, uh, playing pro now. So we'll have him on next. You're listening to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY.